Day and welcome to the Pandemi Show. Stories of the Pandemi for people living in the Pandemi. No one is alone on the Pandemi Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow the Pandemi Show on social media. We're excited to work to unite humanity with stories of shared experience of the COVID-19 global pandemic. Today, we're fortunate to transcend time and space to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Who are you? Ani, wena bojo. Kenny Dijnakaz, Toronto, Dunjaba. Sego, sewaguego. Kenny Yungiats, Galundo, Nidawageno. I'm Kenny Kirkwood, settled here in Toronto for most of my life. I'm of Celtic ancestry. Greetings to all my relations. I'd like to acknowledge the land today, sharing my thanks for Earth's beauty. I'd like to start by saying miigwech nibe, thanks to the beautiful waters that keep us alive here every day. I'm also grateful for the land, the air, the trees, the swimmers, the flying ones, the two-legged, the four-legged, the insect nations, and anyone else I forgot at this time. Thanks to the Anishinaabeg, the Mississaugas, the Haudenosaunee, the Wendat, the Huron, and all the other animal nations too, who have lived here on their traditional territories for many thousands of years now around the watershed of Lake Ondarleo in the Great Lakes region on Turtle Island. I'm grateful to them and all our Indigenous ancestors worldwide who give us good teachings for human sustainability. I'm grateful for having Indigenous mentors and friends who continue to guide me on a healing path towards having a good mind, living with gratitude, and acting respectfully towards our earth. I'm grateful and humbled by listening to Indigenous voices to get the clear truths that are needed for reconciliation. I'm grateful for growing awareness of the urgent need to respect Indigenous people, those who are too spirit and LGBTQ+, for they continue to be unjustly and needlessly targeted by those living with ignorance, fear, and hate. I respect the need for us to recognize the racism that harms us all. In the words of Jeanette Armstrong, let's imagine a world where no culture dominates. I hope my music in some way can assist in healing and reconciliation between people. Kenny Kirkwood is a folktivist and a musician. We are very fortunate to get to talk to him today about his perspective of the global pandemic. We just had a beautiful full moon. And Kenny, you're working on a new project, Debuin, 13 Songs, 13 Moons. Can you just explain to us about what that word means and about your project, your pandemic project to unite humanity? My project, Debuin is uh, 13 songs to honor the 13 moons of the lunar calendar. It's also for me personally a connection to the 13 grandmother moons that are taught by the, respected by the Anishinaabe people in the re- region where I'm settled, which is in the Galundo, Toronto, just right beside Lake Ontario, Ontario. By knowing the full moons of the year, you know, even a five-year-old could really know how to survive in this region. I, I was fascinated by that as an elementary educator. There's the, the moons themselves are the curriculum for knowing how to survive in the region on Turtle Island that you that you live on. I should just say that I am recording this interview today from the Haldeman track 
I myself reside on the Upper Canada Treaty on the traditional territory of the Neutral, Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe people. And I'm so excited to get to walk the earth gently with all different peoples from around the world. Folktivist, Kenny Kirkwood, what was your life like before the global pandemic locked down the world? <laughs> My life, I was living in a bachelor apartment in Hamilton, Ontario. I was teaching lessons and collaborating with some amazing indigenous musicians, language speakers, and knowledge holders that were in the area, mostly Haudenosaunee and Anishinaab folks. The pandemic, like the first winter, that really long winter of it, really was when it settled in to me that, you know, this idea of going deeper into spirit is what the Anishinaabe talk about doing. And when the medicine wheels in the northern direction representing winter, it's a time to go deeper into your spirit, retell stories, remember your songs, you know, repair your clothes, your weapons, your hunting, all that. All the culture happens in that time. So as I went deeper into my relationships that I had built over 13 years being an ally or being called an ally by Anishinaabe, the urban Toronto setting and by Haudenosaunee in around the Six Nations area, mostly. I heard people saying, like, speaking so much resilience, there's so many recipes for resilience that I found in listening. They're like, yeah, well, we have all these stories that we've survived so many pandemics, like Spanish flu being one of the most, you know, like recent and talked about in, in memory, right? But but for generations and generations beyond, like they've they've experienced these things and they survive. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's very similar to what we heard from Delana Gale Bowen, Blues Matriarch, Vancouver of Cherokee descent, how the pandemic is actually a blessing because it allows us to turn our eyes inward to see what's going on inside of all of us and what do we want to strengthen inside of us and what do we want to figure out how did it get there and how do we get rid of it we're at that time of the pandemic where the taliban has taken back control of afghanistan as the americans pull out it's a scramble to get uh foreign dignitaries out people are wondering what will happen with the afghan athletes that are around the world will be they be sent back to taliban controlled afghanistan and we're also in the part of the pandemic here in north america where History, the past has come to the present as we are now coming to as a collective Canada, and I believe the United States is going through a similar process a little bit behind us of coming to terms with unmarked graves on residential schools where Indigenous children were forced to go in Canada. Some friends were over. We were talking about the truth and reconciliation and the, what's happened since 2015. And my friend Leanne, she said how when Murray Sinclair and the rest of the Reconciliation Commission went across Canada, they saved all of the tears from uh, the witnesses. Uh, and on the day that the report was presented to Parliament in Canada, the federal government, those Kleenexes were burned. All the Kleenexes that had been saved were burned that day, and those tears were released into the atmosphere. What she told me that she had heard from someone that was there is that when they started to burn, a, a lot of birds started flying around, and there mm -hmm. was a powerful connection that day. And that report by Murray Sinclair and the, and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was released in 2015. Not much happened until the spring when it started to be, it, it, it took over mass media in Canada that unmarked graves of children were being found. This is something that we all have to recognize and come to to terms with to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen again. So then as again as an as an elementary educator I often think how do we translate these things into kids because it's their future, right? We're really just here for to model for them how to behave in a way that so they'll have 
like a cool future. I wanted to first say, mention you, you start out by mentioning your guest, Philana Gail Bowen. And I listened to that podcast and when, when I got contacted about, about this interview and I was fascinated. Listen to indigenous voice, listen to women's voice, listen to traditional voice, listen to a variety of voices. You know, most communities are, have been splintered in many ways and there's many different areas of knowledge. But some of the wisest things I've heard people say are when I hear elders or knowledge keepers talk about that everybody has a piece of the puzzle, even settlers. When I started working with the medicine wheel through uh, with the guidance of uh, Anishinaabe mentors, you know, they said that everyone has a, an indigenous history if you go back far enough in your culture, right? So everyone needs to know where they're from. When you talk about ancestors, I assume my ancestors are Celtic because I'm a Euro mix of that area. And it's important to understand that into the future, I don't think we'll have these Piscean like uh, opposites, oppositional terms as much as we hopefully enter into the allow the Aquarian age to do what it's supposed to do. And sorry um, to interrupt. Yeah, For those of yeah, us that don't ahead. know, what is a medicine wheel? A medicine wheel. There are many medicine wheels around the world. The Celtic people have medicine wheels. And the first time I was introduced to them was here uh, in Ontario by Anishinaabe people. And so it's a four, also known as the four directions. It would be a, you'd see it as a circle with uh, yellow, red, black, and white quadrants, quarters, and uh, representing east, south, west, and north. There's different, different regions will have different colors or different orders of the colors, some, and sometimes different directions. But these medicine wheels can be found all over Turtle Island through, through to South America. And there's many common teachings in them. They're, they're beautiful anchor chart symbols, you know, educational symbols for from the youngest person to the oldest. You know, you can look at that, those wheels, and there's, there's just, you keep going around and around with the the level, the the number and depth of teachings that you can that 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 come from that wheel and that the wheel can support roundtable conversation. Thank you so much for sharing that. My sense is that we are in a time of Canadian history now where the voice of young Indigenous people is strong and powerful, and I think the rest mm-hmm. of Canada is ready to hear it. It's exciting that these concepts, these First Nations concepts, are becoming more and more part of popular culture. Thinking that a hundred years ago. The federal government was trying to eradicate these beliefs. We have changed course from where we were. And your whole project, your pandemic project, it is a healing album of stories to help the reconciliation process. You are a white ally of Indigenous culture and you are a student of it. We're very lucky to have Kenny Kirkwood, folktivist, a folk musician, activist, from Toronto here with us today. We'd like to play song title in the form of a pandemic question inspired by Vancouver, British Columbia's own Nardwar the Human Serviette. Are you up for it? I think, okay, let's try. Your new album's got a bunch of great tracks on it. Your latest single, A Oneness Without Sides, with Alana Bridgewater, who is the killer queen in the Mervish production of We Will Rock You. Kenny Kirkwood on the Pandemic Show, playing song title in the form of a pandemic question. Buckle up. Question one, is the pandemic a oneness without sides? Yes. Something like a global epidemic brings humanity to a a sense of its collective consciousness. I guess maybe subconsciousness. We're all experiencing extreme mental stress, right? As news comes out about whether it's a pandemic or whether it's genocide or whatever the sensational news of the minute being broadcast through all these electronic media, it's underneath all that. There's a human, what is it I heard? uh, That expression, um, in your heart of hearts. 
I haven't researched what the, the history of that expression is, but the first time I heard it as a kid, I thought that it resonated with me as that's something that humanity feels. So in my video, A Oneness Without Size, I've tried to piece together in video form what's been going on. It includes the image from uh, several Indigenous collaborators. One is smudging, doing a demonstration smudge. Another is uh, an Indigenous indigenous and Black farmer, Isaac Crosby. And uh, Shout out, shout out, Isaac shout, Crosby. Shout out, Isaac Crosby. And the first fellow, Jim Dockstader. Uh, Shout out, Jim Dockstader. He's, uh, yeah, runs uh, Peace Builders uh, Mediation Services and a uh, real big peacemaker. Yeah, I've just always been fascinated by this sense of like, what is our collective spiritual awareness and how has it been able, to, how have humans experiencing dark times been able to turn it around and create a peaceful structure? One of the most amazing things is on my upcoming next single is gonna be about the Ayonwata and the peacemaker from the Haudenosaunee culture. And that's a rap that I've written as an educational piece for folks to know more about the peacemaker and the great law of peace. And that's done in collaboration with several community members up top for about 13 years. It's, I wrote those lyrics 13 years ago. The lyrics for one that's well outside I actually wrote 22 years ago, about 20 years ago in 2002, when I felt the same kind of, you know, grip of trauma happening from ongoing, you know, colonization and extraction and increased competitiveness, the rise of narcissistic tendencies. Interesting how, how you've had these ideas and these songs in you for decades and mm -hmm. the pandemic created the environment where you could get them out to the people. Wow. To the people of the pandemic. That's powerful. It, it's and really, it's really true. I'm 54 and I thought, well, I'm going to put out another album. I guess my last album as a leader was like 22, 20 years ago. So I guess my career arc is like a comet. <laughs> you know, if I, if I live another 20 years and put out another album, I guess that's, I'm happy to leave, leave the music that I'm happy about. But yeah, it's trying to, you know, express something about hope and the pandemic, I guess what it really did in our collective consciousness, even though it was an extremely stressful event worldwide was that people slowed down and people got kinder. Those are closer to indigenous values and ways of knowing and being. And you could hear the birds in the city and the air in the city got clean again. And the construction noise stopped. It's like, those, that would be cool, right? I what if this could be the new normal environment? Let's get closer to that. I know yeah. nature deficit disorder is a big problem in our society where children, people of all ages, just aren't getting out in nature, aren't getting those connections that are so important for our mental health because we are, we are connected to the web of life. Our next question here today with Kenny Kirkwood playing song titling The Form of a Pandemic <laughs> question inspired by the one and only nardwar the human serviette is the pandemic helping us turn the world around based on your song turn the world around yes i would say again as a positive thinker i usually start with a yes and it's because there's that's the spirit of turning the world around as a unity thing was something that i heard in in the song as a child when i grew up in zambia and went to school in a public school out in the bush and uh, lived in the suburbs of the capital there was a song that was popular at the time it's a song that translates as let's move forward forward together with one heart. When i um, surprised to hear Anishinaabe people also talk about an expression of that. I've heard that at powwows, MCs talking about this expression, elders talking about this, that they have the same teaching here, this concept of community. If we can all bring our, our heart of hearts together, or what the Haudenosaunee call the good mind, that's something that's based, you know, my takeaway from the three things to remember about the great law of peace is 
ang ganigohiyo, ga sa and skana, which are very broad terms that describe a, a lot of aspects of, of what their intention is. But in the song I'm releasing, they translate as harmony, a unity, and peace. And the harmony is achieved. What they're re- referring to their part is the the good mind. That once a person can come to self-care and good mental health and recognize the beauty of this world that we live in, how can you not want to give thanks to it like every day and treat the water like really carefully and treat each other like really carefully and share with others, right? I can't get over how we abuse water. It is so sacred. It is basic life. Like it is what we all need. It is a unifying, it's a unifier. And we're in the part of the pandemic too, where they're going to Mars, multiple countries going to Mars. The billionaires are doing low orbit flights. And yet we're polluting the water on the earth and they want to go find water on other planets to turn them into earth. I agree with the movement of let's turn earth back into earth. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, you, you, the time to pause and reflect. There's, what we're talking about is the same thing came up with uh, Delana Gale Bowen's interview. She, uh, you know, she said, "I walk a spiritual life, and it's about having respect for all living things." And, Shout out uh, Delana Gale Bowen, <laughs> right? And relationship to self is key. So that's the first step in the Great Laws that you're you're coming to a good mind. You're identifying that what that is. You know, to have emotional intelligence and to have to have yourself together. And then uh, unity, the second one, Gatsastansala, is comes from gathering with other good minds and getting a larger group together. You know that becomes committed to doing things in a collective good mind way. Right? Hot diggity and, dog, people of the yeah, pandemic, we're doing right? the second stage. We're we found harmony, and now we're finding unity. And what is right? the third law? And so skana is peace and pretty much translates directly, I'm told, into what, what we think of as all the meanings of peace in, in English. But it's it's shrouded in my understanding is the sustainability for the environment peace. When you have peace, you, you're you all collectively agreeing that, yeah, this earth is amazing. And yeah, thank the waters and the fish and the trees and the airs and the spirit beings and helpers and uh, all of it. And that, okay, and with that good mind, now we're going to go into our negotiations or our political discussions or our healthcare discussions or our trading partners discussions or treaty partner discussions. Like every day, these, right? And also, as oral tradition languages, they had lots of music that was embedded throughout the date for different types of occasions, right? Ceremonies, events, harvesting songs. You know, songs for kids that are born, like all these kind of things. Kenny Kirkwood, folktivist, thanks for breaking down the three laws of peace for us. Thank you so much to the Indigenous people for sharing their knowledge and stories with us. So first, we need to find harmony in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Second, once we find that harmony, we can find others and find unity. And from Mm -hmm. the unity with others, we can find peace connected to the planet and our community. Wow. Thank you, you so much for enlightening <laughs> us here on the Pandemic Show. We're very fortunate to be talking with folktivist Kenny Kirkwood. Kenny, I'm getting all excited by your pandemic project of reconciliation. I feel like that we might be going into, and I saw this as an internet meme. We have the pandemic, but then I believe we may be headed for exciting times in a cultural renaissance. <laughs> right. I'm in. Sign me up. Cultural renaissance supported and fueled by the artists in our community. Next question here today on the Pandemic Show, song title in the form of a pandemic question with Kenny Kirkwood. Based on your song, Spirit You, the pandemic has provided an opportunity. How is your Spirit You 
Yes, this uh, it's uh, this was a touching song for me. It was uh, a tribute that I wrote to my dad on his 80th birthday. He was always one to like not want like material gifts. He'd say like tell us as kids to write us write write him a poem or draw him a picture, right? So he was very like live simply so others may simply live kind of guy and uh, lived yeah a very passionate life as a as an ally to you know freedom fighters in South Africa and in in Southern Africa you know, against the apartheid struggle and so forth. He was a really big uh, inspiration for me, as was my mom and their whole lives and relationships and how they, they raise their family with, with certain values that maybe not a lot of families consider. He passed away in September. He was really, that was after six weeks of grieving, that was really the, the impetus to move forward with this, with this project. See, I had recorded these songs, I guess, a couple of years ago in a studio just to get the bed tracks down and get them out of me. This, it was really the impetus that Song Spirit used to, to work with, you know, to just to keep going on getting these tunes out. And I thought, well, of all the problems that I think I have, you know, the, the yeah. stresses I have in my life, yeah. I think about uh, the importance of women, you know, I'm talking about the, the moons and thinking so much about what I've learned from pacing my life and measuring my life for a few years now, not only according to the January calendar, but the, you know, the Roman calendar, but according to nature's calendar our condolences our condolences on the passing of your father and thank you so much for sharing that with us this has the pandemic has been a tough time for ceremony around end of life i know we in our family we've lost some people we've lost people to covid to other things and we haven't been able to celebrate their lives in yeah. the way that we were accustomed to in before time so do you mind how were you, were you was your end of life celebration with your father impacted by covid or were you able to well we, we did we were able to do a small family gathering you know in the week after but the funny thing was his spirit was what brought me out of my 6 weeks of grieving because it was a monday morning and i was sitting on my computer thinking you know scrolling through facebook or whatever thinking about my music in my project but not doing anything and his voice came to me and said so how's your music going you know which is always a question he would ask me like you know every time we we had a conversation because he was like persistent that i should get my own original music out there you know i remember listening to as a teenager in the car to the radio and i was singing along to whatever tears for fears tunes or whatever tunes were on there and but I was uh, you know a jazz student at York University by that point. He's like he says you know I've heard that song so many times. He says but you know aren't you kind of like upset a little bit? Like I'm like why would I be upset? It's like well you know that's like that's public airtime right? Like how do, are, do you or any of your friends have a chance of getting an airplay on like you know major rock radio? How are you gonna? He's always talking about in terms of advocating. And I think that's something as artists I've recognized we all have is this resiliency too, to having to be resilient, having to be, uh, you know, flexible, having to change and be open, risk being open to, to new forms of expressing ourselves, whether it's through adding videos, which I've never made before. And I'm finding it pretty, uh, real healing process too. Everyone's turning to different things. Some people are teaching more, some people are, you know, getting back into playing. Yeah, that video Spirit You is amazing because I was able to meet with online with Jonathan Green, who's a world-renowned Gullah artist from the Carolinas. He's a queer black activist who uh, did a book called Father and Son, which I had also gifted to my father on his 80th birthday when I wrote him the song. So as I, after dad died and I was listening to him, you know, trying to mix this song, it's, you know, I was looking at this book and I'm like, these pictures would make a great video. So, and he was uh, totally busy guy, I guess like 3000 emails a day. But he got on board and said, yeah, go ahead and use this stuff. So that's another nice connection there. It's exciting yeah. to see how many collabs are happening. And unlikely that if there wasn't the pandemic, we would not be talking. 
Mm-hmm. The 50 plus conversations we've had that would not have happened. The musical collaborations that the pandemic show is doing with other guests wouldn't have wouldn't have happened. Have you been able to perform? I'm seeing now in Southern Ontario, people are getting out to perform who haven't performed in a year and a half. So I'm seeing outdoor shows. I, I think it's really important for everyday people to get out and play music. You know, the kids need to see it. They need that medicine for the future. They need to dance and drama and art and daily. You know, yeah, and, and that's a good point, uh, Kenny, about the kids that we got to get the kids in front of musicians. We got to get the kids out there yeah. enjoying the things that they've oh, been deprived yeah. of, because I guess two years to a six year old is a lot different than two years to a 70 year old. Yeah, I was going out with my horn and, and singing and uh, playing with my son who's who's drumming and he's been itching to, to get out and play and uh, hasn't been able to because of the pandemic. And uh, so we've done a few sessions around town and the these toddlers show up. And the parents are like, they were born in COVID. They've never seen live musicians. I was looking at these kids, like their focus is like 100%, but they're looking at it like it's not scary or novel. They're just like studying it with these wise eyes. Like I'm sure they're old spirits. They're kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this from a past life or something. But their their level of maturity, like the look on their faces and, and their attention to the music was so all-consuming. I just knew that their complete brain was charging right now at that. We really need to immerse ourselves in that. And to do that, unfortunately, we got to slow down the whole machine, right? Which is really money-driven. So that's also fascinating to learn from indigenous perspectives. Like what's, what, what are cultures that didn't have money? Well, we still know, we still have those teachings. We can go back to sharing. We can go back to potlatch. We can go back to, or, you know, not saying go back in time, but where we can reinvent like traditional societies who have that knowledge, then they need to be able to lead with it. But those of us who are mixed race or who are settlers or settler allies or half colonial, or, you know, our minds are on the fence. Like we're questioned. Some people are in denial about the grave. Some people are angry about the grave. Some people are starting to talk about it. Some people are asking questions. So we're all in different stages at, and it changes, right? As we know, the stages of grief, you know, do, right? But we, it's great that we're talking about it because indigenous people are like, oh, finally we have closure. Our children's spirits are coming home. It's not a celebration, but it's, an, it's a sacred, honorable time. Can we not at least slow the country down for a day or a week? As like when the Humboldt accident happened, I was working in Six Nations and every family there had their hockey sticks out on their front porch, right? When the whole country mourned together. I'm I'm looking forward to the day when we can say those children's names that were lost at residential schools that never went home. I don't understand why we don't know those names yet. I don't know why people are holding on to records. We remember here at the pandemic show, we remember with you, Kenny Kirkwood. Kenny, you made another good point about how it's time to retool our disposable economy that's not working. It has too few winners and too many losers. And it's time to retool our economy with ideas from these other cultures that are that that colonialism tried to eradicate. And it's time to build that Star Trek future. I've seen the black community in Toronto get into, you know, Afro Afrofuturism. I've seen that movement going around and native uh, futurism as well. There's uh you mentioned I, I, Afrofuturism, and I got to say, I fell into Octavia Butler as a result of an interview with Staz, the boss from Brooklyn, <laughs> Pandemic Stemmy. And I've now read four Octavia Butler novels. Mm-hmm. Octavia Butler, the famous American author, the NASA Mars landing site is named in her honor. Mm. We remember her. Her work lives on. And yeah, Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Talent. 
there was a, in 1976 in Zambia, there was a, like a kids education science magazine that went around and there was a, the front cover was, a, was, it was a two page color sci-fi of in a magazine called Orbit magazine. And unfortunately I gave all my comics away. I got rid of them all, but the one, the last one that I kept was, I had, and it was very Star Trek. It was very 2001 Space Odyssey kind of artwork. It was amazing. The our episode I kept, it was the, you know, our young heroes defeat a computer, an evil computer computer that's taking over control of everything by love by they you know they start necking on the second page right they take this big smooch and the computer's like can't under can't comprehend it and self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> right it was like I... space space adventures or something uh, the whole concept of the future i think gene roddenberry it came to my my divergent brain at one point that divert perhaps roddenberry was presenting in star trek all the different species as different possible evolutionary model. And my feeling is I was always inspired. I thought we we're trying to evolve into the Vulcans, you know, where they had their dark times <laughs> and they use their emotional intelligence to like overcome it. But unfortunately the world seems to be evolving into Ferengis. Oh right? boy. Oh so boy. How do we turn that around? Then I found out about the great law of peace and found that, you know, the, the Haudenosaunee talk about their dark times more than 500 years ago when they were all at a huge civil war around Lake Ontario, around the Great Lakes, you know, in their traditional territory south of the St. Lawrence. The peacemaker arrived with this brilliant, brilliant law, civil and military law strategies for, for ensuring peace and bringing people together in the, in the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. It was actually a model. It's the oldest continuing running democracy in the world. And it was also founded into the United States Constitution as well. We are four months away from 20. 22. We've been in this pandemic 2020, 2021. It's almost becoming a blur. One day COVID will be in the rear view. After times, what are you looking forward to? I hope life in the future, I hope my life will, I'll continue to, you know, thank the waters every day and smudge and follow a personal spiritual path that makes sense to me and continue to share my gifts of music with others. I hope more people catch on to like the amazing earthship that we live on. On, you know, I mean, more basically water beings on a water planet. The spiritual life of water, I believe, is what we're all reincarnated through and through. Water doesn't leave the planet or arrive. We're just hanging out here. So just go with the flow, you know, like the hippies. <laughs> As an adult child of the 70s, I was taken by the hippies and the, the boomers, like the boomers of the past. They wanted, they knew all this path. That was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So the more I researched that kind of stuff and saw, oh, well, year 2000 was supposed to be the actual birthing of it. Age of Aquarius, I just feel like the whole process is being hung onto by the Piscean minded, good, bad, right, wrong, rich, poor uh, mindset of, you know, what's become really the greed mind. Go deeper into like good mind. That's where I'm going. Thank you so much, Kenny, for joining us here today on the Pandemic Show. Thanks for listening to The Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing The Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. Do you have an interesting pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.